0: ION 2020, episode 95. What's up, everybody? It's your host with the most, Ray Eaton on Ion on 2020, your source for the news, the related events, the things that are going on as we lead up to the 2020 election and all the happenings, all the things that are going to be, uh, all the controversies and things that are gonna be going on with Donald Trump and all of the other candidates that are running against him. Uh, on the Libertarian ticket, on the Democratic ticket, and all the other uh, tickets out there, I guess you'd say. And uh, that's me. I'm bringing you this show Monday through Friday. And I've been doing it since January, and I'm going to keep on doing it until November 2020. And I might even keep on going beyond that. I'm not even sure what I'm going to do uh, once once the election's over. But I know I've been running this website called I Am The Empire Dot com. And I have really been enjoying that. I've been putting together, uh, just been searching through websites, searching through many different sites, trying to find the best information for you, the best kind of uh, news and related events with regards to not only the 2020 elections, but also the things that are going on around the world. Things that are holding your empire that you live in, the U.S. empire, holding them accountable, right, constantly Uh, Trying to find things that are going to call out the things that our country is doing overseas as well as domestically with with regards to domestic surveillance and things like that. So uh, seeing what these leaders are doing, seeing what the people up in Congress are doing, uh, if they're trying to steal some more of your freedom, I'm going to post those things as well. And if they're trying to steal people's freedoms overseas, I'm going to make sure that I am bringing that to you as well. And that's something I'm doing on the Eye on the Empire website. And this is ION 2020, though, where I'm just taking a look from a libertarian perspective, Monday through Friday, just taking a look at these candidates and their issues and the things that they believe in and seeing if they add up. Because some of these things that they talk about, they just don't add up, you know. They just, you know, they're going off on a limb. They're promising people things. They're just trying to buy votes, it seems like to me. And uh, that's what politicians do, I know. But that's how I feel, that these a lot of these politicians, they're just out there trying to buy votes sometimes. They can't truly believe in some of the things that they're trying to preach. They can't really... If they look at the numbers and they look at the reality of things, they can't believe a lot of that stuff. But you know what? Knowing some people that I know that are very liberal... They truly are firm believers in in these views that they have a lot of times as well. Or maybe they just, you know, they look at everything from a very specific, through a very specific lens. But you know what? I look at things through a very specific lens as well. And I know each one of you have your own lens that you're looking at the world through. So you're going to, you know, everything's going to be tainted through that pers- perspective that you have, Um but anyway, I appreciate you coming out and listening, you know, Monday through Friday putting out these shows, and I appreciate it. I've seen more and more listeners every single day, and that's great. I'm I'm happy that everyone's sharing the show. I'm happy that everyone is uh, is enjoying it. And I will keep on putting these shows out for you so that, uh, you know, we'll have the right memes at the very minimum. You'll have a meme to write, you know, you'll be able to put together a meme and make some joke or something like that about Bernie Sanders pandering to this group or that group or whatever, you know. At least a bit do that, but anyway, today, what I wanted to talk about was uh yesterday, I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to n p r and believe me, I don't listen to n p r that often, so don't think that don't think that I'm crazy or anything like that, but I was listening to n p r for a brief little bit, just um uh, you know giving myself a another viewpoint on things i guess, and sometimes during the five o'clock hour. They'll have some interesting stuff that's not really politically related or anything like that. But what they started talking about was uh Victor Orban, which is the president or they don't really call him a president though, uh but he's the leader of Hungary, okay? And they call him a right wing leader. Uh he's somebody that sympathizes, they say, with like with um Donald Trump, I guess is what the is what the press kind of makes it sound like to me. But they were talking about him and uh his he has a war going on right now not like a guns and all that war but like a a war going on against the the colleges and the universities in Hungary where he's trying to silence the universities he's trying to silence the professors of those universities anyone that has a has a viewpoint that is outside of the accepted viewpoints he's trying to silence them once anyone that speaks out against the state he's trying to silence them as well and very specifically the article in the atlantic was written by franklin Four, and that's who they were interviewing on the mpr episode that i was listening to and it was interesting that this guy is trying to crack down on the on the intelligentsia right he's trying to crack down on the universities in this country and then what Vic, what this Franklin, the writer of the article, says is that since all of the colleges are paid for and funded by the state, Victor Orban is using the state's funding mechanism in order to silence these schools and these professors by withholding money, by withholding funds to these schools so they can shut them down, so they can get them to go along with... His right wing agenda that so that he can control what is being taught in the schools, and so they can control the messages that are being coming out of those schools, and so he can control the voices of dissent. He's using the money that's being funded, that these schools are funded through, in order to make things, you know get, get these schools to go along with his way, teach in his way, not speak up against the government and so forth. So I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this. I, I hopefully you do by this point, right? Um, he's using, so I don't know if you've ever heard the term or the the saying before, but he who controls the purse strings, you know, like you're going to basically do it. whoever controls the purse strings controls the message um and so forth is in control right so the government in this situation controls the money and all of the funding that is going to these schools every dime every dollar comes from the comes from the government and he's able to use that to manipulate the schools into his will and what we see in our society today is every democrat is calling for public funded publicly funded colleges right colleges are supposed to be the ideal scenario anyway and you got you and i both know that they are liberal meccas within our country and that is true a lot of colleges are against free speech they have these little free speech zones that they talk about but they're not really The free speech mecca that you should have within a college campus. They're not really, I mean, a lot of them, they're the, since every professor in like sociology, let's say, is liberal, then they're all going to have a very specific way that they teach sociology. If it's a very liberal college, then, and even the economics professors are liberal, then they're going to teach economics from a very liberal standpoint as well. And, They're all kind of like in their own little echo chamber because of that. So I know that it's true. I know that's true in the United States. So you don't have to email me or get onto my website and tell me that that's not true. Or that, you know, tell me something different. But mostly, most of the schools nowadays, you have the, you know, you have the public school, the public universities all around the state, all the ones that are run by the states, yeah, and then you also have, you know, federal funding and grants and things like that. You do have some private universities as well. But if you had a 100% funding from the federal government, then if you had a bad actor like Victor Orban's, it, or Orban is a bad actor, right? If you had a bad actor like him in charge of the funding of the schools, then you're going to have the state the state you know the, the washington d c that the bureaucracy is going to have a lot of control over what is taught within those schools. so if you have a Democrat in office, hopefully that person is benevolent. If you have a Republican in office, hopefully that person is not a right wing kook because they will use that money to manipulate what is taught in those schools, and withhold funding otherwise. They'll use it as a political card to be used. And they'll do that constantly. That's just the way politicians are. And with all of the candidates, with all of these Democrats that are running on this idea of free college tuition, you know, forgiveness of all the debt, things like that, if you have all these candidates running on the, on that issue constantly, and once that does happen, yeah, it's going to be well and great for a couple of years. It might be well and great for 10 years. It might be well and great for 15 years. It might be well and great for 100 years. Wow, free college tuition. Everything's fun. You know, everything's wonderful. Um, I'm going to college, and I got my education. But, like, like at any time, if you get the wrong person in office, you just gave away those freedoms, man. You did. And um, they're going to use it to their political ends, just like this guy over in Hungary is. So, I mean, I was reading, I was reading more articles about this thing once I heard about it on The Atlantic, and I started reading it. And it goes back to about 2016, where he's been slowly cutting off funding to schools that are critical of the of the government of his government he's been slowly cutting off that funding and he's specifically doing it to another you know he's trying to do it to a private school over there now but the private school is privately funded so he's having a harder time so now he's trying to get even more forceful with the private school as well and go beyond the financial side of it and try to do things with force but that's what dictators do and i don't know if he's considered a dictator or anything like that but that's what somebody that i mean even you could picture a donald trump doing something like that i'm sure i mean he's already sort of alluded to it within within our own country when he was saying that the schools that don't allow for free speech on the on the republican side those schools that don't protect Speakers that are coming to that school, that he's going to try to, you know, change the funding system for that. He's going to try to withhold funding for that. So, at what point does Donald Trump go beyond that, or maybe not Donald Trump, but maybe his, pre- you know, the person that succeeds him, maybe the person that, that you know, maybe the maybe the president in 2050, you know, that uses that standard of Donald Trump of what he's allowed to do. Because that's what presidents do. I mean, presidents test the waters to see just how far they can go. That's what they do. So you had it, you know, from the very beginning. George Washington seems like somebody that didn't try to take too many, too many, um, you know, risks. I guess, but he did have that. What was it? The whiskey rebellion out in, out in um, Kentucky or something. And he sent troops out there, and a lot of people said that that was outside of his authority because the. People were not willing to pay taxes, I guess, on the whiskey back then, but a lot of people said that that was outside of his authority, outside of Washington's authority, but he still did it, but he was able to test, he was testing the waters to see just how far he can take it. And then you had other presidents with the, you know, starting of the federal, you know, the first federal bank, I think it was like the first Bank of America or something like that, um... It's kind of like the predecessor to the Federal Reserve. Like, they they tried to do that, and they got a 20-year charter for that bank. But that was outside of the federal federal jurisdiction as well, but they were just trying to test to see how far they can take it, right? And then you had presidents in the late 1800s that would test it just to see how far they can take it, with Theodore Roosevelt starting the uh, National Park System. Oh, I think it was even, you know, there was a huge dispute back then about... Uh, Thomas Jefferson, when he bought the um, the Louisiana Purchase, they said, oh, that's not something that the federal government's allowed to do, but they did it anyway. Let's just, we'll, we'll test it in court then. We'll do it, and we'll ask for forgiveness later. Going outside of the bounds of what the, what the federal government's allowed to do, that's what presidents have done throughout history. That's what they've done. Um, they're testing the waters, so if... You had a president that had complete control over the pocketbook, the purse, you know, the payments to every college and university, which they have a lot of power over it now with the way that the student loan process is, right? But if they were the single payer to every single university, if all colleges were tuition free, they would have 100% control over the public university system in the United States. And who is not going to test that water to see just how far they can take it? I think that most presidents will. You see it with you've seen it with presidents in the past. You've seen it with presidents especially since after World War II, with presidents you know instituting the CIA, the FBI, this this country becoming a police state, this country becoming a military state, this country um, going to war now with undeclared wars. Ever since you know, ever since World War II, that was the last declared war. The war in Korea was a was the UN telling the United States to go in there and fight, and they said that that was okay because we have a, you know, we're a charter member of the UN, so it's okay. But no, that's the UN does not supersede our nation. But presidents tried to you know rationalize that going into Vietnam. They tried to rationalize that. Every single war has been undeclared since after World War II and presidents will continue to try to push the limits just to see how far they can go. They will. And if they are willing to do it on something just, I mean, if they're willing to do it on some very simple things, then they're definitely willing to do it on something as simple as college education and trying to direct the money towards schools that are following the political rules that they're laid down, right? They're going to do that. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it happened, it's specifically happening in Hungary. And they have a completely political, you know, their their political system is probably way different than ours is in America. That's true. But it's not that different. We have a constitution, but candidates, or not, not candidates, but politicians trample on it every single day. They all swear that oath to defend and protect the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. They do it, right? Yet, they are the domestic ones that are tearing it up, that are shredding it. They are the enemies. Domestic. They are the domestic enemies of the Constitution, is all of the politicians that are up there in Washington. That's them. And when a soldier talks about their, you know, when they swear that oath then they should be turning their backs on that federal government, too, because that federal government literally is shredding that Constitution. When the president says, I swear that oath, and then he goes and does something against the Constitution, tries to pass gun restrictions, tries to limit free speech, tramples on your Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights, all those things are trampling on the Constitution. And... Uh, that's, a, that's, that's completely wrong, but politicians are willing to do that. And he who holds the, you know, he who holds the money holds the power, right? And you see it all the time and in just in, in the government in the first place, federal funds go to Washington from the States and they did it to control. I mean, back in the seventies, they did it to control the, uh, the, the speed limit in, in states. They said, you know what? If you don't have a 55 mile an hour speed limit, you're not going to get the federal funding for your highways. He who holds the money holds the power. So 55 became the speed limit. Now they re- loosen those restrictions and now a lot of states are 65 and 70. But still, they use that, something as simple as that, to control the way that states act. They do it with federal funding for education. That money leaves the states, goes to the Department of Education, and then they hold strings and they say, if you don't do this and you don't do that, you're not going to get this funding. And it happens in every aspect of our society that the federal government gets involved in. They confiscate the money from the states, and then the only way for the states to get it back is by doing what the federal government tells them to do. So you're damn sure straight that if the federal government had complete control over the payment to these universities, the universities are going to conform to whatever Donald Trump says, to whatever Bernie Sanders says, or whoever is, con- is is in control. So you better hope that that person is a benevolent dictator or president and that Congress is going to hold them accountable. And if past tells us anything what the future is going to be like, you know for a fact that the Congress is not going to hold the president accountable. So that's, I mean, that's it. So we need to be careful. As libertarians, we know this. We know that when the the state gets power over something, when the state gets that, control over something that politicians are going to take advantage of that. But you have every candidate on the Democratic side saying we need to have free college tuition. Colleges and universities need to be tuition free. They are all asking for it. And it sounds good right now. It does. College students love that sound. They're going to go vote for these guys because of it. But 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road when you get someone that's in power, they're going to take advantage of that thing and they absolutely will. And Congress will have no control over it because they are not willing to call out the president on these things. And even if they do, they still don't they still don't follow through. And one example I'm going to use as the, the to show this is the Yemen vote. Congress, the House of Representatives voted to end the war in Yemen, the Senate approved it as well. Sent it to the desk of the president, and the president vetoed it. Right? It's not going to come back up in Congress in the or in, in the House of Representatives and in the Senate now, because in order for them to overturn his veto, they're going to need like a, what is it the three fifths majority or something like that, and they're not going to get that. So there's no way for the there's no way for the Congress to hold the president accountable in that situation. And when the president realizes that, then they just go off and do whatever they want to do. And then if they pass a resolution against it, then that president's just going to veto it. And then it's hard to get anything done, right? So he has a lot of power in that situation. And Congress has little power in that situation, especially when you have an executive that's willing to overreach like that. And past presidents have done it. Barack Obama did it. And now... Donald Trump is more than willing to do it and he's learning that he's going to be able to do it even more and more and just override Congress because the Congress isn't willing to override the president. Now, the worst part is, is if you get a president that's in office and he's the bad actor and then you have a Republican, let's say you have Donald Trump in office and then you had a Republican House and a Republican Senate, you're going to be looking at an even worse situation where nothing will get overridden at that point. It'll give the executive all the power that he needs, and he'll never be questioned on it unless it goes to the Supreme Court, who then is dominated by that particular, you know, philosophy as well. And same thing with Democrats. They'll do the same thing. So it's not just Republicans that are bad actors, it's the Democrats that'll do the same thing as well, so... Um, let's not give the federal government control. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. That's what I am. That's the point that I'm trying to press is when the government, the federal government has all that control, they take advantage of it and they use it for political means. And that is wrong. That is wrong. And that is immoral. And it's something that, I mean, something that we need to, we need to hold them accountable to that. I mean, limit them by the constitution. Yes, the federal government that we have today, the the Constitution has allowed it or has failed to, you know, failed to limit it, right? That's true, but we need to use that, our interpretation of it, and realize that, hey, we still need to hold these leaders accountable because they made an oath to defend the Constitution, and that's what they should do. So anyway, I have the worst headache I've ever had, and I'm sitting here still doing this show so I appreciate you listening'm I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if it didn't come out every, everything didn't come out exactly the way I wanted it to, but you know when you have a headache, it's hard to think. But I appreciate all of you guys listening. Keep on coming back Monday through Friday, all right. It's Wednesday, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. But go ahead and come back tomorrow uh, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.